0: Hi, my name is Dan Ariely and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives.
1: Dan's guest this week is Dr. Nathan Thielman, Associate Professor of Medicine and Pathology in the Division of Infectious Diseases and International Health at Duke University Medical Center.
0: So, I'm sitting here in my office with Nathan Thielman, is that correct? Mm-hmm, correct. Okay. Yeah. I, feel, I feel we've achieved something already. <laughs> um, and you wrote a paper on gender, AIDS, monogamy, abstinence, multiple sexual partners, that sounds like a great recipe. So what what is this about?
1: Well, uh, Dan, this is a, a look at a very important intervention that is being promoted across sub-Saharan Africa, the ABCs of HIV prevention. ABC of AIDS prevention. Correct. Okay. So A is for abstinence. So abstinence, if, okay. If you're abstinent, it's it's pretty difficult to get HIV in sub-Saharan Africa, although there are transmissions, of course, uh, between mothers and children uh, around birth, uh, and also occasionally in hospitals, but the vast majority of transmission is between uh, sexual partners. So. so, so if you got the A correctly, no need for B and C. Correct. Okay. So the the next step is well, if you're not going to be A, then at least be B, and B is be faithful. So the idea is that if you're not going to be abstinent. You pick a partner, and you're faithful with that partner, and then your risk of acquiring HIV should be much less. And this is also correct if you're faithful to multiple partners? <laughs> no, faithful to one partner. So being faithful to one partner, monogamy. And then the C is Wait, wait, wait. Okay. What, ha- what happens if your partner is not faithful? Well, here, herein lies the catch, and that's something that's really not controllable for a lot of people, especially for women. Uh, who don't have the power to really rein in their partners, if you will, or their husbands, and uh, and so that's that's really the crux of the paper is to shine a light on a very important disparity among men and women who are being faithful. But let me get to that after I tell you about the C. Yeah, because I'm I'm curious about the C. <laughs> okay. The C is condoms. So if you're not going to be abstinent, as it is said. Uh, and you're not going to be faithful, then you should. Or, or your partner them. is not going to be faithful. Or your partner is not going to be faithful, then you should be using condoms. Uh, and those. So that's the ABCs of HIV prevention in sub-Saharan Africa. You can look up at billboards and you'll see this. I mean, it's it's all over the place. It's widely known. A, B, C, so they also learn English in the process. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Okay, so So, what is this paper about? So
1: what we uh, took the opportunity through an HIV testing program in Moshi, Tanzania, where we we surveyed over 6,000 individuals who come in for an HIV test just off the street. This is called Voluntary Counseling and Testing. So uh, we asked them a lot of questions in our surveys when they come in off the street, and one of the questions that we ask them is very simple: How many sexual partners have you had in your
0: lifetime so if, if and they and they probably also exaggerate like Americans exaggerate
1: <laughs> it's interesting I, and that is a possible criticism of this paper. I mean, are people telling you the truth when they report number of sexual partners? I think, on balance, we're getting a, a pretty good read here, but uh, there are going to be some people who lie about sex. We know that.
0: Yeah, I mean, some people also probably convince themselves that they had more sex than they. That's they remember. also very possible. Okay, so, so but what is what is the gender issue on
1: that? Well, so we asked that same question of men and of women, and let me just back up. So we asked the question, "How many sexual partners have you had in your life?" If you said zero, then by definition, you are a. You have exhibited one of those A behaviors, you've been abstinent for your life, your risk for HIV should be very low. If you respond, I've only had one sexual partner in my entire lifetime, then you are exhibiting the B behavior, you're being faithful, one partner, your risk should be pretty low. And then it goes up for people who've had more sexual partners, and frankly, kind of sadly, even. Uh, we didn't ask a lot about condom use because in our early surveys there were so few respondents who reported the use of condoms, we thought it was even a waste of time to ask that question. Okay. So, you know, I do a lot of
0: research on cheating. So in some sense, if you find a lot of zeros and ones, you probably find a lot of cheaters. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) And I think we did actually here. So here's what we found. And this is, I think, the, the crux of the paper is that Men when you who respond the the number of men who were found to be HIV infected and reporting abstinence for their entire life it, the proportion was about four percent of those who came in.
0: Okay, so okay. four
1: four percent of men are abstinent. Four percent of men reporting abstinent right. were found to be oh, HIV infected. Four okay.
0: percent of the men reporting abstinent. So so that's very hard to do to get HIV if they if they are abstinent.
1: It's pretty hard to do. You had to be eighteen to be in this survey, so it's unlikely that anyone would have acquired HIV at birth and survived age eighteen. Frankly, um, a few people. Perhaps could have gotten it through a blood transfusion. I think this tells you that there may be some baseline bit of lying about sex. Uh, yeah. And, and that's about all that particular number is good for. Then let's compare it to what women reported. So women, uh, the proportion of women who were HIV infected and reported abstinence was around 1.67%. So pretty low, right in the same ballpark as the men. Okay. So now, what, what about the ones? What about the ones? <laughs> and this is really where we get at the crux of the paper. So for men who reported that they only had one sexual partner in their entire lifetime, the seroprevalence didn't change at all. It was right around the same, 3.5%. For women who reported that they'd had only one sexual partner in their entire lifetime, the seroprevalence was 19%.
0: Okay, so one possibility is that women are lying.
1: One possibility is that women a- are lying, and
0: they're they're okay to admit that they had one partner, but they have a very hard time admitting they had more. So more women who had a lot of partners admit say that they had one. The other possibility, of course, is they are telling the truth. Is that their men's
1: have been uh, mm-hmm. not bees, right? And I, I think that there we. Fully acknowledge that there may be people that are lying about sex here. I think it's probably not the case because if you look at the magnitude of increase, there's a very nice linear line. Your listeners can't appreciate that. They'll have to look it up. This is, by the way, easily accessible, free, open access online with PLAS One. Um, but you see a very nice line here, a trend line, among the n- the number of sexual partners for women and for men suggesting that there is an incremental increase there. Yeah. So, so let me kind of summarize. The
0: point is that women who have fewer partners have much more prevalence of AIDS. That is and, correct. And your take of this is that what's happening is that they might have low prevalence, but it's the men who they're sleeping with uh, who actually are so, are a bit more um, playful, let's call it, and as a consequence, the women are in greater risk. Is that, is that the case? That's essentially the case. And, and we actually did... Who is funding this research, I want to uh, know.
1: Good, good question. Uh, this research was funded primarily, initially, through a pharmaceutical company, Roche. They had nothing to do with the writing of this paper. We also got some funds from the NIH to support this, and so it's really we've cobbled together. Okay, but it's
0: not any kind of feminist organization no, who's sponsoring no, no, this. We don't need to worry not about this. <laughs> what What was the max of partners reported by <laughs> men and by women?
1: Uh, that's a good question. We censored the data at some point. I'm not sure. We kind of we stopped looking after five or more. Um, so w- we figured we it was it didn't make a lot of sense to look at. It's uh, most higher than so.
0: So what what is kind of your overall conclusion? What do we do next? What's
1: what's the what's the policy implications that, of this? And that is that is the real question. I think that the the policy implication here is we think about the promotion of being faithful, and I think we would all agree that that's an important thing to consider. So we don't want to lull anyone into a false sense of security. Uh, your partner has to be faithful. So uh, we want to empower women to be able to ne- negotiate sexual relationships in such a way that they don't get HIV infected. And that involves more than just being faithful. It may mean bringing your partner in to have your partner tested. It may mean using condoms, even in the context of a faithful relationship. It may be empowering women with the use of microbicides where they could apply gel to their vagina that would inhibit HIV transmission. Uh, that is an area of active research at the NIH and with other groups right now. We haven't solved that chemically, if you will, but the hope is that in some way we can help to protect women who are faithful or not faithful, but we don't want to promote an overly simplified version of the ABCs.
0: Okay, so if I summarize, it's basically for women not to trust their men they're with, and of course... Uh, you think this suggestion that you're promoting here of not to trusting their men doesn't apply to uh, women of
1: academics at Duke, for example, right? Why? <laughs> Every, uh, yeah, everybody needs to be careful out there. Uh, okay, yeah. everybody needs
0: to be careful. You heard it here first. <laughs> any, any angry men uh, out there? Uh, Nathan Thelman is your man. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, professor of behavioral economics at Duke University. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.